Hey parents, my name is Nathan Sell. I'm the middle school pastor here at Journey. Uh, and we are so excited to be able to bring these videos back to you. Uh, just some quick, easy uh, parent uh, sermon videos where we dive deeper into the sermon series that we've been talking about at midweek. Uh, and over the last several weeks, we've been uh, in a series that we have called Crash Course. And this series, the idea behind it uh, was to help our students gain a better foundational understanding of who God is uh, and what script, scripture teaches us. Uh, so over four weeks throughout this series, we looked at really what we believe are four key cornerstone beliefs in the Christian faith. We looked at creation. We looked at the Trinity. We looked at the crucifixion and resurrection. Uh, and we also looked at salvation. Uh, and through these four things, we wanted to answer really three big ideas, three big questions. What is it? Why is it important? And then really, how do these beliefs in the Christian faith impact our lives on a daily basis? Uh, and truly, I think we could all agree, uh, this was a big sermon series uh, for our students. And what I mean by big is I, I really believe that a lot of our students gained a deeper uh, understanding of their faith and of the Bible and of the beliefs that we hold as Christians. Uh, really going into this series, I thought it was going to be way over their head, uh, but a lot of the discussions that we uh, saw our leaders having in small groups that I even got after the messages, man, these students got it, uh, and they were taking deeper steps uh, in their faith. Uh, and so during this video, instead of us walking through uh, you know, the Trinity and creation and salvation and the crucifixion and resurrection uh, and, and talking to you about, hey, how exactly all of these apply to your student's life and how you as a parent can implement all these things. Hey, have fun implementing the Trinity at home. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun for you. Uh, really, instead, what we want to do is practically over the next couple minutes discuss how you as a parent can help your student at home gain a deeper, uh, maybe more foundational understanding of their faith? How can you as a parent at home utilize the time that you already have with your kids uh, to help them grow their faith on a practical level? Because I, I believe and we believe that if, if you're helping your student through those things just practically at home, their understanding of the Trinity, their understanding of creation, all that's going to come. Uh, and so just here over the next couple of minutes, we're just going to dive into this. Uh, we all have some thoughts. We've all been thinking through it. Uh, and just side note, yes, uh, Nicole is the only one up here that has kids. Uh, but what we know is you have entrusted the spiritual uh, growth and the teaching your students uh, in their walk with Jesus. You've entrusted that to us. And so we're not sitting here trying to tell you how to parent. That is not at all what we want to do. What we want to do is speak from experience with what we have seen work with students and even what we've experienced as we grew up, what our parents did with us, because I, I believe that some things, that they, they don't grow old with time. Some things just work, uh, and they work because they're good practices to instill at home uh, with your students. So, Nicole, uh, we were talking a, a little bit earlier just about these two ideas uh, of what we believe that, hey, if we implement these things at home with our faith, they'll work, they'll help students gain that deeper understanding. Why don't you start us off with some of that? Yeah, I think 
growing up, I realized that I was raised in a stereotypical Christian home, but building my own faith, I mimicked off of what my parents were doing. And that was kind of subliminal a lot of times growing up. I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Um, but I remember specifically the same pens my dad used growing up. He used the same blue pen to write his, his journaling down. He used the same pack of highlighters my entire life. That's what he's always used. And then I remember how precious my mom's Bible is, how it is filled with annotation and notes and that kind of thing. And so I think growing up, seeing how they mimicked that through their day-to-day lives was so important for me to then understand, like, this is what it looks like to actually live scripture, to not just study it, but to understand and then live it. And I saw that a lot, too, with how we were raised, how they reacted to situations with each other, but also with us. Like, when we made mistakes, I saw the overflowing and overwhelming sense of, like, grace and mercy they had for us as kids, and I knew I could back that up because of how they knew the grace and mercy they received from the Lord. And so I think, too, like, applying that to my own life and with my own kids, seeing how day-to-day when we pray, we don't just pray the normal prayer. Like, Theo knows, like, I'm going to pray specifically for, for my feelings. Like, dear Lord, pray for my heart today that I can be a good friend. Like, we, I'm trying to instill those type of foundational talks, the, the verbiage that he uses at three years old that he can kind of start understanding now. And that also goes into like, he sees my husband and I during our Bible study. It sits on the counter every day. He sees the Bible study we do every morning. And yes, I bribe him with stickers and donuts to do the Bible study, but it gets done. And then that translates to Maddie too, who's one, but she knows that routine of every day we wake up, we do this, that's just part of life. And I think, too, we tell our students that we hope and pray that our students do these things for themselves, and they see that mimicked through what they see at home. The routines and things you establish at home is going to translate throughout your life in all aspects of how you do. Yeah, I think seeing our parents model faith to us has a huge impact. Either they're modeling it well, and we, we build our faith, or parents don't model it at all, and we don't really have an understanding of how we're supposed to have faith or live it out in our lives. How, how did you guys experience your parents modeling their faith for you? Yeah, um, my story is a little different. I didn't really grow up with parents who modeled faith to me. And so it was an interesting journey discovering it for myself through other people, uh, through my best friend inviting me to church. And then from there, my parents started their own walk with the Lord. And and it just has developed now where we all follow the Lord. We all do it together. We bounce ideas off of each other. So a little bit different. um, But I love watching our students looking up to, in this room, to their leaders, to people around them, to their friends, Uh, I'm the kids director at our Highlands Ranch location, and watching these little kids look up to these adult leaders, my husband, Sam, worshiping God, like they take so much (laughs) from learning, from seeing other people do it. And so I love that our middle schoolers get to sit in service on Sunday. Maybe not every Sunday, but when they do, they see like, this is how my parents worship God. This is what they do with their offering. This is how I take notes. Like all of these things are instilled in their hearts, um, and, and the fruit that they produce is good. You know, like right. you said, your parents can influence for good or bad, and your kids are going to know. If, yeah. if your parent is 
walking with the Lord, doing devos, the fruit is going to be good, and the parents are going to reap some of that, and they're going to want the same in their life. So, yeah, I think modeling it is such an important— it, students look up to you as parents, to us as adults, yeah. to anyone who has done what they're doing now for advice <laughs> to see how it goes. Exactly. Well, and I think you, you kind of bring in an interesting point, right, of, hey, even when— your student is sitting in worship with you, uh, it creates questions. Mom, dad, why do you worship that way? Why, why do you give to the church, right? Why do you take notes when uh, Scotty's teaching the message or wh whoever's teaching the message? Why do, you, why do you do these different things? Hey, why do you get up in the morning uh, before you start your day and read your Bible and pray? Like, why are these the things that are important to you. And it begins to open the door to these conversations that you can have with your students because you modeled it for them. Uh, but I also think with what you said too of uh, them being in small group and getting to look up to their small group leaders is huge. Uh, and, I, and I know we've read many books on uh, you know, student ministry leadership, the best way to do student ministry, what's most impactful for uh, student you know, you know, students to develop their faith. Uh, and I know we've talked about this as a team and talked with it uh, with our leaders a couple times of that there's a statistic that if students have, what is it, five or six different groups of adults in their life that model faith for them, they're exponentially more likely to become a, a functioning part of the body of Christ when they graduate high school. When they go off to college, they are exponentially more likely to go find a church on their own and be participants in the church. Why? Because they had multiple groups of people surrounding them and modeling that for them. And parents, you're, you're one of those groups of adults. You are the primary group of adults. You're the group of adults that has the most time uh, with your students, right? We see them maybe 40 hours uh, a year, maybe 80 since midweek is two hours uh, a week. And then every now and then we have a, a, an extra weekly thing or a weekend retreat. But parents, you're with your students for thousands of hours a year. Uh, and so you're the primary spiritual discipler, the primary mentor, the primary modeler, whatever you want to call it, you, you're the primary influence in your, in your student's life, and so that means you're the primary spiritual influence as well. Uh, but Dalton, like, you've been in a small group with, with a lot of these kids. I know last year you led with the eighth grade boys, and this year you're jumping in just kind of wherever needed. How have you seen the impact of small group leaders? Uh, and the reason I'm asking you this is I think this is going to segue nicely into what, what we're going to talk about next how have you seen the impact of small group leaders in developing a student's faith? Well, <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> One thing I've really noticed is the boys that I've had at least are very hungry. Yeah. They, they have questions and they're willing to, to learn. And I think that's something that we can so easily pass by on. Yeah. Oh, this topic's too complicated. Like you mentioned, talking about things like the Trinity, creation, salvation. Some of those are complicated topics, and we might just think, nope, it, it's never going to make sense. Or I don't have time. Yeah, it, it's going to go right over their head. We can focus on other things like, hey, how could we be honest in yeah. school? But one thing I've noticed is that those leaders that really are pouring into those kids, they're bringing these amazing topics to 
to an eighth grade level or a sixth grade level, yeah. seventh grade level, and making it clear for the students who are having questions, helping them grow in their faith. I mean, if we look at Jesus's, uh, when Jesus is being tempted in the desert, he, his response to Satan is, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yeah. So if we're walking through a life, trying to live a godly life without the word of God, it, as like that subconscious just working in and through us, it's just going to be a struggle and it's yeah. not going to happen. So as those small group leaders who are really implementing and helping teach the word of God to these students, and for you parents, I, I'm obviously no parent, but it's one of those things where God has entrusted you, as Nathan has been saying, and it's so admirable for someone my age, a 20-year-old, to see that, that God has given you the ability to spiritually disciple your children. I, it, it's amazing to watch, and I want to encourage you, like, like Nicole was talking about, those Bible studies, hey, show them to your kids, get them involved with it, and really yeah. center your life around the Word of God. Because we, we say it all the time, hey, it's a letter from God to us. Yeah. And then we can just, we, we live our life and cast it aside? No, let's make that the center. Let's live off the Word of God. Let's store it up in our hearts so we don't sin against Him. And it's amazing to watch the students be hungry for the Word of God and really be involved in, hey, what does God have to teach me, and how can I apply that in my everyday life? Yeah, that's good. And, and I think, right, as they model their private, uh, their private faith in public, eh, not for all to see, but for their kids to see, right, parents, that really opens the door again for those questions. And I think we would all agree, those moments that we have students come and ask us the questions, it's awesome. I love, that was one of my favorite things to do is answer the hard questions uh, that students have. And we've got a whole Wednesday night coming up in November dedicated to answering the, the hard and crazy questions. Parents, uh, you know, some of you, you don't want to answer the question about what happened to the dinosaurs. Thank you. I get to answer that one coming up at our Q&A in a couple weeks. But truly, like, I would so much rather see students go to their parents with those questions. Uh, and here's what I've had to come to uh, is being able to say, hey, I don't know. It's a great question. Why don't we find out together? Uh, and so what a powerful moment for you as a parent to look at your student and go, hey, let's find that answer in Scripture together. Let's go back to God's Word. Uh, or when they ask you any question, hey, that's a great question. Why don't we go see what, what Scripture says about that? You know, So we've got model it. We, we think that is incredibly important, parents, for for you to help your students develop their faith. Uh, but we also, we've got prioritizing it. Why don't you lead us kind of into that, Ashton? Yeah, I think that's the other key piece of this is prioritizing your faith. You know, nowadays, when I talk to middle school students, there are so many things pulling for their attention. Yeah. Family things, sports, school, extracurriculars. Like, I mean, you could get involved with everything. Um, but prioritizing your faith, just like what you were talking about, making that the center of your family, that they know every Sunday we're going to church. Every Wednesday you're going to midweek. You're going to do these small group hangouts or do um, camps, missions trips, whatever it is. I think when I think about prioritizing your faith, I think about creating habits. And yeah. those habits will continue with your middle schoolers. I I think middle school age is such a formative time in their life, right? Like kids, I mean, they're still really under figuring out who they are in the middle school. They're really trying to figure out yeah. what do I believe? 
what does society say? What does scripture say? What does my family say? It's like that formative years in their life. And so when you create habits, that's going to carry them to high school, to college, to being a young adult. Right. Yeah. and, And I like what you say there of they know what to expect. Right. I can remember growing up and that was how life was for us. Right. Is I knew every Sunday morning uh, I was going to church. Now, there were exceptions. Right. There there were some times where we're out of town or we genuinely had a lot going on. But the that was the exception. The exception wasn't, oh, we're going to church this Sunday. The norm was we're going to church as a family. The amount of days that I was drug out of bed to go to church and I was like, I'm not having it today. Uh, and this was like, you know, we, we didn't just go to church service. We all went to Sunday school first. So it was like, it was an all morning ordeal. It was at the church by 8 a.m. for Sunday school and then off to church service right after it. Uh, and as a kid, I was like, I'm not having this. This is nuts. But uh, what an impact it made on my life, right? And my parents would use things like, oh, you don't get to go to lunch after church if you don't come. It was like, well, I just want to go to lunch, so I guess I'll go. But the, the, because they made that a priority in my life as a kid, it's now a priority in my life as an adult. And you can say, oh, well, Nathan, you're a pastor. That's great. Yeah, but get this, parents. Like, pastors have to choose to go sit in a service, though, right? It'd be very easy for us to go stand out in the atrium and talk with people and go find other things to do while the services are going on. But for my wife and I, for us to prioritize going and sitting in a service, not to work, but to listen and to to gain deeper understanding for ourselves in our own personal faith, that, that requires effort. That requires priority. Even on Wednesday night, every Sunday, we had youth on Sunday nights. Every Sunday night was youth night. And again, the exception was every now and then we're out of town. Or every now and then uh, had a sports practice come up. The norm was I'm going to church. Why? Because it's what was good for me. Uh, and I, you know, we understand there's sports going on, but... Uh, I truly believe we, we make our priorities happen. Uh, I can, again, remember my parents pulling me out of sports practice early to go to youth group uh, so that I could make it. And we started youth on Sunday nights. Our youth group swapped to Wednesday nights, and it was okay. Well, you're leaving practice early now uh, so that you can make youth group. Why? Because it's a priority of our family. And, you know, any thoughts on that? I think, too, like that plays into vulnerability also. Like, it's okay to tell your kids, like, I'm really tired, but this is a priority. This is what we're doing. And I think, too, like, in your day-to-day lives, like, going back to even just the small group leader conversation, I think that's what's beautiful about having these more intimate groups is that you get to know the leaders. And, like, it's not rare that I cry. I cry all the time. But the leader, like, these girls have seen me grow through the past three years, but they've also seen like that level of vulnerability that I can have, but that's also mimicked with their parents. Like if you're going through a hard time, like tell your kids about it. And I think that's what, when my parents got divorced, I was in middle school, those really great formative years, of course, but also it made it to where I saw a very real side of life, but also a real side of faith to where watching my parents handle it individually, but also handle it in their spiritual life. And they wrestled with God and they wrestled with scripture and understanding the why this is happening. But then that helped me grow in that understanding too. But I think that goes into just everything we've talked about of making it a priority of it didn't matter what we were going through. It didn't matter the, the shame or the confusion we were going through. We were at church on Sunday. 
Like we, I was in a small group. My, my parents are still going to Bible studies. And I think that made it so blatantly aware that that's what I needed to do. Like in the hard times of life, when I'm going through struggles, I cling to my small group, my adult small group. When, I, when I'm going through hard times, I cling to my, my husband and scriptures and my brothers and sisters in Christ that I've built with through prioritizing church. And if we hadn't done that, if we hadn't been putting the time and the years into, into journey these past five years, I wouldn't have that, that foundation that prioritizing church has in your life to be able to lean on. And I think that's what our students are going through such heavy things, like the busyness of life, it weighs them down and they have real problems. They have real struggles they're going through, but I love that they have midweek to come to. Like, I love that they have their small group girls that they can come to, and they have their group chats of, this is what we're praying for, and I hope this happens, and they, they do that, and they grow in maturity yeah. as they're here consistently and prioritizing that, which I think is just, it's beautiful that they have that here at church. Mm. I love that point. I think that, like, the vulnerability of your faith is so important. I, I think, I mean, I feel the pressure as a small group leader sometimes have answers to all the yeah. questions. To know everything, to understand scripture fully, I'm sure as parents you probably feel that as well. Like, how do I set my middle schooler up for the best possible journey they're going to go on but the vulnerability piece of it is so key to sit down and say I don't know let's look at scripture together or you know I haven't walked through this so I don't know you know it it shows the realness of faith because we know in my daily life I don't know all the answers I don't know how to do it perfectly and that's what faith is that's where the Lord comes in so and so I think there's so much grace parents of I feel pressure often to know everything all the answers to do this perfectly and that's just not realistic. Yeah. The grace shows these students what it's like, what it really is like to follow the Lord, to, to need his grace to sustain you. Yeah, yeah I, I love how you guys are talking about the struggles in life. As Christians, Christ promises us that we will go through struggles. And Nicole, like you were saying, the ability to be able to open up about that with your students, with your children, but also not to stop at the struggle. That's the message of the gospel. There is struggle. We are, we are doomed because of our sin, but then there is Christ who brings yeah. the hope. And what better news can parents tell their children than the hope that Christ brings? Yes, this situation is challenging, and we are going to fight through it together, yeah. but Christ is with us, and he is the one who has done it all. And I can't think of a better message to be able to constantly share with your kids to help, in, yeah. to help give them that hope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I even think about, Ash, and what you just said about parents and struggling and the vulnerability, but I also think parents are struggling, uh, and, and let's just be honest, like in Douglas County, it's probably magnified with this thought of, I, I have to do everything for my kids. And, and let's be honest, kids don't always want to go to church. Uh, kids would much rather go play sports and play every sport and do everything. Uh, and, and in some ways, I, I think there's this notion of, well, my best friend's kids are playing three sports, so my kid needs to play four sports. Uh, but I just, like, the, the question that comes to mind is, like, what do we want for our kids? What do we want for our kids? Because at the end of the day, what we want for our kids is what we're going to prioritize the most. Uh, and I don't... 
yes, that's, a, that's probably really challenging to hear, parents, and you're probably like, whoa. But I think it's true. Like, we prioritize the things that are most important to us. The things that aren't a priority or as high of a priority are the first things to follow for schedule. At least I know in my life, right, if, if I have a busy week, uh, is it small group that's falling off the list or is it going to play pickleball that falls off the list? I can tell you right now, like, that, listen, there are a lot of days I'd probably go rather play pickleball. Right? Dalton and I, we're going at it right now in pickleball. I've won one out of, like, 30. It's fine. Uh, I'm undefeated from this day forward. Uh, I beat you. But at the end of the day, though, the higher priority is small group. And so that's what stays. Uh, Not because that's what I would enjoy the most. I I think at the back end, right, I do enjoy that the most because it's what gives me life. Um, I also know that, right, again, with sports, it's just a great analogy because so many of our students are involved with sports. Your kid doesn't just show up to – a baseball game being a great baseball player. No, they go to practice multiple times a week. In the same light, your student isn't just going to have a great faith or a great relationship with Jesus. No student's going to have a great relationship with Jesus just not attending church or just coming to church once a week, right? It's going to practice. In a lot of ways, like that's kind of how I view student ministry is, hey, I'm, as a student, I'm going to practice, and I'm going to practice my faith. Why? Because I'm around other people my age. I have coaches pouring into me. Uh, and we're getting to have these conversations around Jesus, uh, around the Bible, around our faith. And we're getting to put it into action with uh, our friends and people we don't know in small group. And sometimes, right, like we're practicing grace in small group because uh, Jimmy just said something that was crazy and he's throwing, you know, water bottles across the room. And it's like, okay, like how do we practice grace? But also like it's challenging in our faith because we're growing uh, and we're getting taught, we're getting fed, we're being coached. Uh, and so in a lot of ways, like ultimately, I think that's the deepest question. Uh, what, do, what do we want for our students? What do you want for your student uh, parents? Because what you want for your student will determine if you model it. It'll determine if you prioritize it. Uh, because at the end of the day, if that's not the top priority, church is the easiest thing to slide off the schedule. The easiest. Uh, and, and in some ways, I think it's because we know there is grace that will be given, right? I, if your student misses one week of midweek, they're not kicked out of midweek. It, it, the reality is, is if your student misses a couple practices, they're, they might get kicked off a team, or they might not play. Uh, but I also think that church and coming and getting your student involved uh, in a small group where their faith is going to grow, prioritizing it as a family so that they can truly see, hey, this is a non-negotiable, right? Even when we're out of town, hey, we're going we're gonna to make time to watch online, right? And this is going to be the norm, not the exception. We're going to model it and prioritize it because ultimately this is what is most important. Uh, not every kid's going to go play in the NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever sports league. Uh, it's just not going to happen, right? But one thing that will continue to carry is their faith. Uh, and I, I, I get really tired of seeing so many students go to college and their faith just drop because they have no foundation to stand on. They've never been challenged as a student to develop that faith for themselves, to make that a priority. So when they go into the world on their own, it's not a priority because it was never 
never forced to be one for them uh, or never modeled for them or, or never taught to them. And so my heart kind of hurts for those students because, man, like, uh, there's so much more that we could do, and, and God has so much more for them. Uh, man, yeah. Uh, any, any last kind of thoughts ar- around this topic that you guys might have? No, parents, I think the biggest thing that we can encourage you guys on and pray for you is just to be your kid's biggest fan. Yeah. You are with your students way more. And we can encourage them. We can hype them up on Wednesdays. We can do the fun. But when they go home, when it's quiet and when it's hard, you yeah. are their biggest edifier. And you are their biggest encourager. And we love your students. Like when we say we pray for your students by name, we mean that intimately. Like we pray for them. But we pray for you as parents as well to know that you guys can encourage them and speak so much life into your students that we, not, we may not be there in their day-to-day struggles like you are. So we pray for you. You are being prayed for as parents as much as your students are. And I encourage you and I challenge you just to be, be the loudest encourager in their life because there is, like Ashton was saying, like the busyness of their life. It's, it's overwhelming, and they're going to hear a lot of loud voices. Like, the, yeah. the devil's going to try and be louder, so you be louder. You be the loudest encouragement in their life. Like, you be your child's biggest fan and their biggest encourager, and that's what they'll cling on to, and that's what they'll yeah. remember when they then can turn and encourage their friends. And that's when they become the hands and feet of Jesus, when they have that comfortability and confidence to know who they are in Christ because of the life that you have established and spoken into them in their day-to-day lives. Yeah, that's good. Uh, And parents, just as we love uh, your students, we care for you. We love you, and we love your family. And at the end of the day, we are here not just for your student that's in middle school, but we are here for your whole family. Uh, And that's the whole reason that we are prioritizing uh, videos like this where we can just take a moment out of our days and just recap a a sermon series and dive in. Hey, how can you help your student? Because we get it. Parenting is hard. Uh, (laughs) I have a golden retriever puppy, and that's hard. So if that's even like a sixteenth of what it's like to parent a kid, uh, which from what I've heard, it's not even close. Uh, I can't imagine how hard it is to parent your middle schooler. Uh, And so... uh, we want you to know that we are here for you. Uh, we may not fully get uh, the uniqueness of your situation, but we want to. Uh, and we want to go to coffee with you. We want to go to lunch or dinner with you. And when you have questions about, hey, how can I uh, help my student take steps in their faith, we want to be there for you. We want to help you and help you figure hey, how do I balance sports and faith and church? We want, to get, we want to jump in the trenches with you on that one. And we want to help you. Hey, how, how do we manage this? Because we want this to be a priority. We just don't know how to. That's a valid question. It goes back to the vulnerability, but that is a valid question. Uh, and so, parents, we, we hope that videos like this, they, they help you uh, just get a, a one step further and uh, helping your student and helping you as a parent navigate faith and life and, and everything that you guys go through. So we want you to know, hey, we love you. We're here for you. We hope this helps, uh, and we'll see you after our next sermon series.